that, baby! But here, I've met a lot of people, and I've played some, too. And there's one thing I know. People like to talk. <laughs> it's the Spudcast. That's where you at. Hey, where you at, baby? How y'all making this evening? Thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast podcast as I'm talking out my ass with Terrebonne Parish Sheriff Tim Sonier, 22 years in the Corps, 15 years in law enforcement. The boy's seen a lot, but uh, he's got a pretty good idea about how to run his parish, and we'll find out more talking out my ass on the Spudcast with Tim Sonier right after this. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? The next time you have to travel, take along a couple of pounds of parish coffee, and you won't be missing New Orleans for long. Brewed right here in the land of coffee lovers, Parish Coffee has the taste you're looking for. From dark roast to coffee and chicory to flavored coffees like Bananas Foster or Bourbon Pecan, French Vanilla or King Cake or you name it, Parish Coffee has a flavor just right for you. Look for the bright purple bag in the coffee aisle of your favorite market. Or order it online, have it sent right to your door. What a perfect gift for any coffee aficionado. Sip the soul of New Orleans in every cup of Parish Coffee. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, and that means hurricanes and heat. So how are you going to handle it this year? How about with a brand new whole house generator and an upgraded AC system from Serentine Refrigeration? My power went out during Hurricane Zeta for 10 whole seconds. Then my Serentine service generator kicked in. We were even able to run extension cords to the neighbor. And Serentine will keep your AC running smooth and cool even in the dead of August. Call Serentine today, 504-833-8831. 833-8831, tell them Spud sent you. Okay, so I'm talking to Sheriff Tim Saunier uh, in Terrebonne Parish because, uh, well, for one thing, you've led a heck of a life, 22 years in the Marine Corps, worked for the Sheriff's Office, and now you're the Sheriff. Dude, don't you think you've done enough? When are you going to kick back? Well, um, I, I still feel like I'm still serving my country, but serving my community, and uh, I think it's important, um, especially for veterans, we still contribute. Mm-hmm. To our community after we, we've done our time in the service. I mean, I spent 22 years retired, but at 39 when I retired, I said, well, I still got a lot more juice left. So yeah, really. Uh, yeah. Continue uh, serving my community. And uh, when I got into law enforcement, I, I realized that was probably going to be the, um, whether I was going to like it or not, but when I, when I got involved in law enforcement and around our officers and uh, just like a military guy, they serve a cause higher than themselves. And they continue mm-hmm. to serve our country, but our law enforcement officers serve a cause higher themselves when they're trying to help the community and help the people in the community. And uh, it, it's not like they get paid a lot of money, but they serve a cause, and it's a cause of doing right and and protecting the community. And and I, it, you know, that's a big thing to me. And so being around people like that is uh, where I belong. Well, let me ask you this then. Uh, because I've, I got to tell you, ever since I was a kid, all I ever wanted to be was a cop. And I ended up being an actor, and now I work at the food bank and, and do podcasts, and I did 12 years of talk radio during the storm and everything else, Katrina and BP oil spill. So I've had a fairly varied career myself. But, uh, you know, in, in when I was on the radio, I talked a lot of politics. And in the present political atmosphere... Uh, there's a lot of people out there who are, well, I mean, this, the, the whole defund police movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't appreciate what 
efforts you guys put in there. And they also expect, okay, well, the police are trained. You should be trained to do this. And I was like, what, what, what extra kind of training can you give? I mean, like sixth sense training or something like that? I mean, that? look, I, over the years, I mean, I've been in law enforcement now about 15 years. And uh, the training in the beginning of my career has obviously we have evolved. Mm-hmm. And, but law enforcement's ever-evolving. I mean, we have to stay cutting edge of training, stay cutting edge and dealing with what we deal with. I mean, you know, we deal with a different level than when I was growing up. I mean, everybody when I was growing up, oh, the police, you know, and, and it, you know, I look back, my mother said every time, anytime you seen a police officer, somebody was in trouble or somebody died. And, uh, yeah. and, and now we're a lot more present throughout the community and we're all over the place. Um, we still have to, you know, we enforce the law. We're, we're, we're trying to keep our community safe and we try to take the most proactive approach to that as possible when dealing with the community because I mean we still have these freedoms we need to appreciate and people that go out there and enjoy functions and enjoy things out there and most of these type of functions you always see law enforcement there because mm-hmm. our job is to keep the people safe so they can enjoy that and we were passing by the uh, that football game uh, a couple of Friday nights ago and going where what is why is there such a huge police presence with lights on and then I read the story the next day yes. going, and that's the kind of stuff that I mean if you get intelligence up front that's a beautiful thing but a lot of times you don't have that a lot of times that kind of stuff just springs on you that's it you know? and then, I mean like like I said we try to stay as proactive and and try to stay involved in um, especially we have school resource officers they get involved every time there's a football game school resource officers are there plus we have additional security and additional officers there for the amount of people that's there and just to keep people safe so they can enjoy the game mm-hmm. and do things we've done when we've grown up. I mean, when, 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 I mean, like you said, you didn't see that much when you were a kid. Didn't really see that much. I mean, I don't, I don't recall um, growing up when I, when I was going to football games, you, you probably seen one police officer out there. Maybe. And now you've yeah. seen several because I mean, it's just, it's a different world which we live in. Well, why, why, I mean, we, you and I can sit and speculate about why. I mean, uh, I know I listen to certain people making Denzel Washington is a perfect example going, where are the fathers? Where are you starting to stop in this trouble before it starts because you don't have anybody teaching anybody else? Is it your job as the sheriff to teach people how to discipline their kids so they don't well, get in trouble it, with it, you to begin I, with? I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily our job, but it's, uh, you know, you know I, I talk to a lot of parents here every day, and the parents have challenges with a society where our, you know, our children go to school and, uh, and, and what they're exposed to in school, what they're exposed to when they're not in school. But, you know, I always tell, you know, parents, there's no manual yeah. on raising your kid. All I can, my advice is love them and, uh, and, and try to guide them. And if they mess up, they have to take their lick and they do need to be disciplined and understand there's accountability for every action you yeah. take. There's accountability. And, uh, and maybe there's a breakdown there somewhere along the lines or, or you know, not say it. Or so many parent, people. Parents are having to like work and, and extra. Look, you got or something parents like that. that are working. Yeah. Both parents are working. When I was growing up, my, my father worked. And my mother was the one that kept the household. But I'm gonna tell you, my mom worked. Yeah. And she worked, and she kept up the house. She cooked the meals. She she, she ran the show yeah. at home. Yeah. And my father was out there, you know, doing what he had to do to support the family. His part of the mechanism, and my mother's part of the mechanism that raised us. But I mean, my father loved us. We were held accountable, and my mother loved us. She held accountable. My mother was often a disciplinarian yeah. because my, my father was, was working. My father was, yeah. He'd come home and eat dinner, and he'd had a hard day. And, yeah. and uh, so, you know, it's 
I, I think you got both parents working, so sometimes the kids might have a tendency of being out there, and, and we can only hope and pray our kids are smart enough to know, like, you know what, I might not want to be hanging out with this group. Also, and, you, you're, nowadays, you're finding out, if you're lucky if you got two parents, and they might both be correct. working, but you got two, there's too many, unfortunately, and it's usually the women who are running it that are single-parent households. And, and look, I feel for the um, parents, I mean, they got their challenges. And I mean, we all have our challenges because we see it here. So if we're seeing it on the streets and the school teachers in the schools are seeing it there, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, they're seeing it. So I know the parents have their challenges all, all along themselves. I did a podcast yesterday. I do podcasts for this attorney in New Orleans. His name is Mike Bradner. We don't talk about the law, really. You, I mean, the podcast is called Tell Me What You Really Think. And sometimes we just talk about goofy stuff, you know, like one of the podcasts we did, which I'm going to post next week is uh, what would you be doing if you weren't a lawyer? And, I, you know, what would I be doing? How many different things? Or, you know, and I mean, it, it, you, you get to know people like that. But we talked about a podcast that I uploaded about a little girl in Hawaii, an elementary school girl, who drew a picture, don't know what the picture was, but apparently there was some conflict between kids at school. Some parents heard about this picture, called the school, and insisted that they call the police. This little middle school girl got arrested. She got cuffed, brought downtown. And it's like a middle school kid, maybe a high school kid who is like swinging at people, I would call the sheriff's office. But I wouldn't, I, I don't know. Is it to maybe, are you finding in, in your efforts, are the schools not even able to discipline kids? Well, anymore? I mean, I think the school has their challenges. I mean, back in my time, we got paddled in school. Me too. And, or kneel on rice, and do that. Tell you, well, we'd have to go to time out if you would. They'd put us in the back of the classroom um, if you acted up. But we got paddled. We had punish work, and we had and and you know the school nowadays they they don't really do any kind of paddling. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but uh, I think it led to a lot of lawsuits and a lot of things like that. Yeah, that's why. And, and I mean, I think there was a little yeah. bit of lead with fear a little bit because you didn't want to get paddled. And there was two levels of fear. Um, growing up, look, if you get in trouble in school, when you got home, it was worse. Oh, yeah. And my mom would bring us to school and go, You got spanking privilege on and, this one. And, and you know, the old saying, it, you know, it takes a community to raise a child. Um, in my neighborhood, you know, the guys my age and, and, and the children that were that my age growing up, you know, we had to, you know, always, always said, I said, We got a couple things to do. We got the ball. We got a we got a baseball diamond in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, across the street was my buddy's front yard, and he had a long front yard. That was our football field, and we had the, we had the woods in the front, we had the woods in the back, we had a canal in the back to go fishing, and we had a canal in the front to go fishing. Totally, and, uh, yeah. and so we were always outside, either playing sports or yeah. You know, and and you know what? During the season, we were out there crawfishing or fishing or doing anything. But the parents were there. Always somebody had an eye on us, and. Uh, yeah. Let me tell you, if one of us messed up or one messed up, one of them parents were there to correct that very fast. And, you know, and I'm going to call your mama. Yeah. Or call, and then That's your mom got yeah, a call. And, and, but it was a community effort mm-hmm. of, of doing that within a neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And, you couldn't get away with it. Somebody would tell. Somebody and, would see. But, and they'd make you stop then and call your daddy or your mother. And they would... And exactly. So, and, and and that's how it was. And it wasn't about somebody taking offense or an argument about it. It was like, yeah. you know, nobody and, had to call the cops on anybody. And, and, and so, and, but you know, we kind of took care. Our parents took care of our own in the neighborhood. And but it was, you know, it was every parent. Yeah. And, and it was every effort. 
if we were in the back and all they had houses there, which we had friends live, and you know you had parents, oh, they fishing back there, they okay, y'all be careful. And even if y'all be careful for snakes, you can hear the neighbor in the back tell us to be careful for snakes while we're fishing along the bayou. Yeah. And then the sa- the front same thing. It's like everybody. Now you got people that don't know their neighbors' names. And don't know, and and they wouldn't even know who they are, or much less if they go on fishing. Or if they belong there. Or but not. It, but it was it was a joint effort. Yeah. From everybody. All right, we're going to take a break for a second talking to Sheriff Tim uh, Saunier here on the Spudcast Podcast, talking out my app. Be back right after this. Hey, guess what? The pandemic's finally winding down. Looks like you might get to go on a little vacay, but where are you going to go? I got an idea. Go fishing. Get yourself a licensed and insured fishing guide at lasaltwater.com. They got a guide for everything and every place. Inshore fishing, offshore fishing, fly fishing, kayak fishing, bow fishing, you name it fishing. At lasaltwater.com, there's pictures and videos of all the happy fishermen and women and kids. And don't be the one that got away. Go to lasaltwater.com and book your charter today. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound too good. You better start filling sandbags. Oh, wait, you don't have to do that anymore because you have the home team advantage. You called Home Team Elevation at 504-301-1222 and you got your home lifted above the flood. No more worries for you. What about your mama's house or your uncles or your brothers? Home Team is ready to lift their spirits even higher than your home. Get the Home Team advantage by calling 504-301-1222 or go to hometeamelevation.com. And we're back talking to Sheriff Tim Saunier here, Terrible in Parish. And uh, so we ended the last thing talking about this uh, this kid, and this was in Hawaii. Who would, mm-hmm. who would suspect that, you know? She drew a picture, and I'm also recalling a little boy who, like, tore a piece of paper into, like, an L that kind of looked like a gun, and he got in trouble. And just in, Je- in Jefferson Parish, they were online schooling, and the kid with the BB gun, you know, it's like, you're the sheriff here, okay? What? I guess if the school calls you or somebody calls you, you have to respond with a deputy, but what would be a situation where you would feel the need to put handcuffs on a little girl? Well, um, normally we deal with um, dealing with that pretty sensitive when we deal with, like in school, a complaint made in school. Um, we've dealt with like, uh, like if you would bomb threats, mm-hmm. they put on social media and would investigate those. So what you're looking at is more of a terrorizing uh, charge. I mm-hmm. mean. A child drawing a picture. I'm not sure what picture was drawn. That yeah, would, I don't know if there was a picture of stabbing I mean, somebody in the neck or something. Most of the time, which we deal with, is a, if, if a child makes a a bomb threat, are they going to go shoot up the school or say something like that? Um, we'll we can normally we'll investigate those pretty rapidly, and uh, and and if a child put that out on social media, you know that would constitute a, like a terrorizing charge. Um, we deal with that every now and then, but not that often. And, uh, but it, it comes far and few between, but I, I don't see how a child, you know, maybe that seems a little far-fetched, a child drew a yeah. picture. They didn't tell I mean, me what the picture was. And, 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 and I don't know what picture on how they It would seem to me, though, something like that. Every state has their different types of laws. Yeah. And, I mean, our laws, I'm trying to figure out what kind of law could be broken that it would constitute that based off of a picture or making a, a, a toy gun with a piece of paper making it look like a gun, and all of a sudden they... You know that to me, that's far fetched. I mean, we we brought rubber band guns to school when we were kids. Yeah, <laughs> and shoot the paper clips. Yeah, and, and a like pa- that. I mean, yeah. we've done all that back then. So, but then I you, mean, like you said, you got punished. You didn't even necessarily get paddled. It's almost like nobody gets punishment. Right. Nobody has to write lines and tape two pencils together to do it. Yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> you know? I know smart. you got a cramp doing Pretty that. Smart. Yeah. yeah. I remember doing that. You had to write it twice. It was uh, but 
I mean, back in our time, you get paddled, punished, and you'd probably get paddled and have to write the school rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make you write the school rules. And, you know, there was always accountability um, growing up in school. I mean, if you, if, if, if you messed up, you get punished, paddled. And, and that's how I grew up in, in class. But this I mean, doesn't happen. Now, I mean, St. Aug in New Orleans, it, they, they were the last school to have corporal punishment, and then the archdiocese ended that. And I have to say, I was, I was interviewing, I was talking about that on the radio. And a guy texted me who's a professor at Xavier. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not going to speak pro or con about this, but I can tell you right now, I can always tell a St. Aug man when they come to my class mm-hmm. because they're well-dressed, they're prepared, they're polite, and they're ready to do their work, you know? So I'm going, well, if you paddle somebody, does that work? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. My I, kids I got paddled. A, I don't think there's a, a magic answer to that. I mean, yeah. society has obviously changed. And... uh it, it's obviously gotten a little bit different than when I was growing up. Well, but like I think that but, you're talking but, about. But even when you, you know, when I was growing up, yeah. and my father would talk back when he was growing up. So when you look when my father grew up, and he was born in 1927, and yeah. when he grew up, and he said, he said, son, you don't have no idea what it was like when I was growing up, how yeah. it was then, as the way it's compared now. Well. And, uh, and, and now, I guess I got older, you know, I can tell my... Yeah. My grandchildren, boy, y'all don't have no idea what it was like when I was growing up. So, you know, it's it's that challenge. And, I mean, I guess I always, you know, the old joke my dad used to tell me, he said, you know, you had, you had to walk uphill, go home, go to school, and walk uphill to go back home. Yeah, uphill. Said, All right, you know. And kill the bear with your loose-leaf notebook. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, uh, <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's been a uh, – but I, I think that was just his analogy of, you know, how things have changed. And how rough he had it growing up. And what do you What do you see now? Since you know what it was like when you grew up. What I mean, and not just kids. What What do you see society doing? I mean, you are the chief law enforcement officer, terrible in Paris, elected by the people, and it's your job to maintain the peace. You're part of the. I mean, you got the prosecutor, you got the judges, and you got the law enforcement. That's the three legs of the stool, and the fourth leg would be jail. You know, uh, punishment. But, you know, how, how difficult has your job gotten since the time you became a deputy to now being the sheriff? Well, you know, I'll, I'll look at all of the issues of, of what's going on. And, you know, when I, was, when I was a street cop, and I mean, we go investigate events and, uh, or investigate incidents, and it was dealing, when you're dealing with children, um, it's like, you know, sometimes you ask, where were the parents? Uh, parents are both working. Mm-hmm. So who was with the child? And as a child, maybe 14, 15. But you know what? That's the age enough where you're old enough to be on your own. But you hope they make the right decisions when they are on their own. And yeah. sometimes they get around the wrong groups and the, and the crowds. And, you know, I think parents nowadays with society, both parents, most of the time to make ends meet have to work. And they're hard work. And all they want to do is provide for their families. And you know what? Yeah. We do what we have to do to raise our children and, uh, you but, know, to give them that opportunity. But, you this, know, that creates. Yeah. I'm sitting there holding up my cell phone. And going, there's too many. Well, absolutely. This, this is a window on the world. I started checking to get my kids to understand. And they work computers and phones. I have to go and, to them and, to ask and, them. And I think part of that is, you know, how nowadays, oh, the police officer doing this. And people will start videoing anytime police officer have to do something. Oh, they're doing too rough or not, you know. And, and a lot of those things are going on. But, you know, we, we have footage too. So, we, you know, a lot of times when people are going to video, we have the other side of that video. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you only seen one part of what happened. The old saying goes, you can listen to people. This is his side of the story. This is her side of the story. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. Yeah. And uh, sometimes people are going to take that for face value 
when really this is the whole overall yeah. big picture. And, and the sad part about it, and it's human nature, and I, I admit that I'm guilty of this too, but you always you always think of the bad, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you it's, it's very easy if somebody says something bad about somebody else to believe them and automatically you stain that, you have stained your opinion of them. And it, even when you come back and learn the truth, it, it's never going to go back all the way up. So is that a situation that you find here? I mean, because of videos and things like that that pop up on Facebook and different places, well, do you uh, find that that is harder for your deputies well, to do their jobs? It, it, it may, I think it makes it difficult with the deputies. They, they, you know, oh my God, this is... But I mean, it's like, you know, we thoroughly investigate everything. Mm-hmm. When something comes in this office, we thoroughly investigate. And, and you know, when we, we, we look at everything. And I, I don't judge our deputy no more different than I judge our public. I, I have to look at everything and then you make a decision based off of that. And look, it, it's not a mystery and, 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 and painfully, I to, I have, I've had to arrest three of my officers since I've taken office. Now that's not the most pleasant thing and it wasn't a public complaint brought. It was something that I found. Mm-hmm. We found as an office, and for transparency, I have to do the right thing. The public elected me here to do the right thing, and the right thing means the right thing. So that just so doing that and letting everybody know you're doing. And then like, oh, mm-hmm. we didn't even know this happened. Well, there you go. And you know, painfully, you know, the good thing is when we can solve crime and do good things for the community. But if you have to arrest one of your own, that's not a um, no. That's not a, a pleasurable thing for nobody. But and comes with the badge. It comes with it, and that's the responsibility I take, and, and the public needs to know I'm not. There's nothing being hidden here. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could arrest a guy and not put it in the paper, and arrest and do the process, but no, I put other ones in the paper as because they, you can find out otherwise. So we can put it out to the yeah. public because if not, it's going to be on a it's going to be on a blotter anyway. And you don't have any say so about what they say. And and so uh, this is what happened. This is the basic facts. These are circumstances. And this is what happened, and we made an arrest based off of that. All right, let's talk happy stuff. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to bring a couple of boxes of toys. You yes. do toys for tots, and I, I know really it's a Marine it. thing, but uh, as a former Marine, you jumped right into it. Uh, tell us about the toys for tots in Terrible and Parish, and who you're going to provide, and how can people either give you toys or get toys from you? Well, we have um, we have some events coming up, and we have a um, Facebook page for toys for tots, but we plan uh, a few events. Um, November the first Saturday of November, uh, I do a little kickoff at this this year because of the storm and the damage. We used to do a performance power sports. Now we're doing a kickoff of the Marine Corps League. What that is, I call it a pep rally for my volunteers. That's a good thing. Um, and, and that's really what it is. Uh, you know, I'll cook, I'll cook some food. I got my volunteers. They'll bring people, and some of them are going to bring toys anyway. And uh, you know, we get our boxes out. We just kind of get everything organized and it's mm-hmm. like a kickoff. Um, all of my volunteers, we, it's become almost like a family for the last eight or 10 years that I've been involved. And uh, and so we, we have a get together and, and I mean, obviously some of these people are they're close friends and they have their children and we watch their children grow up, not their children involved in it. And it becomes almost like a family thing where we're out there uh, collecting toys, sorting toys, getting them ready for distribution and uh, we hear of families, and then we hear families that are having a hard time, and we're able to, you know, corroborate mm-hmm. that you know they are having a hard time, and yeah. they're going to meet that requirement. And we try to take care of those families. I mean, that they, we hear, do, but, they do that where I'm at my church in Metairie that I go to church, St. Catharines. They and I know other churches do that. They have a Christmas tree, 
and they have a little name tag and go, this is what I need. I need a size coat or could I have a bicycle, that kind of stuff. Well, we deal with a lot of nonprofit organizations, uh, Salvation Army, um, and, but we also deal with a lot of churches that's yeah. identified a need in their areas. And a lot of the pastors that are involved, like, look, not only your church group, but your the people that's in that area. Yeah. And uh, we're able to, the, a lot of the toys, everything which we raise and um, collect, um, purchase um, with the foundation sends, uh, or the money we raise to go buy more toys. Um, we reach out, there's about 12 or 13 nonprofits yeah. and churches that are involved. But do they in give area. you lists of things that kids would like or y'all well, just... We collect and uh, yeah. And honestly, it's a very generic uh, setup because, I mean, we're not, you know, we collect toys. So how we sort, okay, these are older children's toys. Yeah. Um, but like the younger, yeah. it could be a boy or girl, but it's a, this is something for an older child, like a set of earbuds or something like that. Yeah. Or a little Bluetooth something yeah. they can listen to music or some games of that age group this is older children's toys or these are like games, yeah. boys these are girls we have toddlers and infant and stuffed animals and balls like sports so we always all these organizations we sort in that fashion and we bag them and we count the bags okay i have at the end of the day we use these big uh 55 gallon industrial bags and you can fit about 50 toys in there. So when we put about 50 toys, we bag it. Okay, that's boys. And we well, sort that way. And, and, and how do people come and get the toys? Because right? I'm running out of time here. But how well, pretty, you have different distribution areas? Around. Well, what happens, these, these 12, 11, 12 nonprofits, once we're done, we give them a, um, a, a, a quota or share of bags of each toys. They go, they set it all up, and they'll do their distributions there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we look, we, we distribute about 27 thousand toys and I'm, that takes care of four or five thousand children in Terrebonne Parish. My volunteer group, if we had to deal with every individual one, we'd spend more time doing that than collecting. Yeah. I mean, Toys for Tots is a very reputable name. We do very well with raising toys. So we use that as a platform for us to raise all these toys and we deal with a lot of these churches and nonprofit groups to get them down to the families and those children that need it. So, you know, yeah. what I can, what my, what my 30 group of volunteers when they have 15 or 20 now I can take care of those three and four five hundred children instead of me taking care of five and six thousand children I got you. which would take a lot of my my manpower and my help would spend more time doing that than collecting all right we so concentrate on collecting you collect toys and money when do you actually distribute the toys um, usually about a, about a week and a half two weeks before Christmas that okay. weekend that second weekend before Christmas time around yeah. that time from is where we get the distribution we get it all distributed out to those Groups and then they get, can they can go right right and it, that gives them time to do their thing to get it out to the families and then it gives our people time for us to do our own Christmas shopping yeah there's well, a lot true. of the volunteers and I mean honestly a lot of these volunteers they come and they say look I caught a sale with toys and 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 even our volunteers but it's it yeah. you know I, we can't make it successful in our community without the support of the community is number one I always thank them because we have a very generous community when it comes to that and our volunteers which are part of this community that make it happen so we can actually reach all of those children and 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 the, the fact is and i'll leave this with you it's pretty simple mission with toys for tots to make sure a child has a toy on christmas morning and as mr linwood liner top liner which is um the retired marine which i worked for for many years 
He said, in Christmas morning, you wake up because you put a smile on a child's face. And so we live by those two things. So we know the work we do, we don't often see it. We get there, we collect toys, and they're working tirelessly. And when we give them to these organizations, but know that one, one of those toys or two of those toys put a smile on a child's face. So we can wake up in the morning on Christmas know like we've done something. That's a good way to look at life. Sheriff, I appreciate you taking the time, and I appreciate your, your job. Because I certainly don't want it, i tell you that. All right, wrapping up the Spudcast right after this. Well, it finally looks like we're going to be spared the COVID lockdown this summer. Of course, there's other medical needs besides a big cootie, sprains, breaks, stitches, pink eye, bug bites, sunburn. Some of these can be diagnosed and treated over the phone with telemed. But whatever your malady, Rapid Urgent Care is open 365, even on holidays, ready to treat you quickly and professionally. Whether you're on the North Shore or the South Shore, summertime bobos don't stand a chance at Rapid Urgent Care. Just go to rapidurgentcare.com for the address and number of the clinic nearest you. Are you ready to launch? The American Space Alliance wants to accelerate and support space exploration for the benefit of all Americans, and not just for national pride. You know how many products are created by and for NASA that we use every day? Scratch-resistant lenses, dustbusters, LASIK eye surgery, solar cells, firefighting equipment, LEDs, insulin pumps, the list just keeps on growing, and it needs to keep on growing, because the next generation of space exploration has arrived, and the American Space Alliance and NASA want you to be involved. You can follow ASA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Go to exploreasa.org to find out more. Okay, Sheriff Tim Sonier, Sheriff of Terrebonne Parish, got his act together. And he's helping you get your act together, too. In the meantime, thanks for joining me here on the Spudcast Podcast, talking about my ask here on Spotify and Red Circle and Google Podcasts and who, what all, Stitcher and Public Radio and you name it, I'm there. And also my Facebook pages, Spud's Friends and Fans, John McConnell and the Big Teasy, and on Face, uh, Twitter at Spud Got That. So there you go. We'll hear about some more cool stuff tomorrow here on the Spudcast Podcast. In the meantime, y'all watch out for the crazies, but I'm a gone pecan. <laughs>